And I love that music. Welcome to Falcons Audible Podcast. I am Matt Tabeek, joined with Will McFadden. We are both of AtlantaFalcons.com. Glad to have you listening today. Will, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm not overly pleased with my past two predictions on the podcast. I wanted to see Isaiah Oliver in week one. He did not play. I wanted to see Devontae Freeman in week two. He did not play, so That's exactly I am, why I asked how you're doing. I am hoping to break that streak <laughs> here in week three. Um, outside of that, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk a little bit of Falcons football with you today, Matt. All right. Well, let's just let's just establish this right off the top. Who are you looking forward to most against the Jets in the third preseason game Thursday night at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Well, I'm going to make a safe pick. A guy I know is going to play because Dan Quinn told us this today, and that is going to be number two, Matt Ryan. He's going to get a little bit more than one series, as Dan Quinn said. So I am not going to be wrong three weeks in a row, and we are going to get Matt Ryan as my prediction. Yeah, I think you're safe there. We'll get to DQ's comments on on the starters and playing and playing time and all that in a minute. But uh, before we get into the Dolphins game and rehashing that, we'll – Special programming note here, and Ricardo Allen are going to join us. Oh, yeah. It should be fun. It should be emotional. It should be intense. Just listening to those two tell the story behind the story, if you will, because, uh, um, you know, I don't know if you've been to our website, Will, but uh, pretty amazing comebacks. I've, I've done once or twice comeback piece right now on ricardo allen online um and those those two guys are great guys falcons fans yeah. will will truly enjoy listening to both of them very insightful uh, yeah ricardo allen is probably one of the most introspective guys on this team Smart um, guy. it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah and if you haven't watched uh those videos uh you know i am not just plugging the site here uh those are two of the better pieces i've seen in a long time uh rico ricardo's piece is out right now Mm -hmm. and uh if you haven't seen the comeback you need to uh and grab a box of tissues i'm not kidding all Uh, right let's get into yeah uh, let's start let's start uh talking a little bit about the dolphins game uh second straight preseason loss um but again the score does not matter what does matter is evaluation we establish this Mm -hmm. um can we just also close the door on the number two quarterback situation. Um, We we said before the Miami game to tap the brakes a little bit uh, on the Matt Schaub talk, even though he didn't have the greatest of, you know, he didn't have a great stat line, you know. He did not have a good game. He he threw for 10 yards. I think that is very safe to say. Yeah. (laughs) But he had a great game. Yeah, we put it into context. It was with a bunch of guys, you know, in the huddle with him that Chris Collinsworth on TV even joked and said, Gosh, does Matt Schaub even know the guy's name's in the huddle right now? <laughs> um, point being, he's he's the number two for a reason. He was 12-19, 172 yards passing, uh, looked sharp, even had a drop or two, um, but really was his uh, his arm and his and his you know his decision making was all on point. He looked really good, Will. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked he looked like a veteran slinging the ball out there, he like sure did. like you'd expect, making some smart throws. But he was helped out at uh, a couple of times by some receivers, uh, particularly Russell Gage um, made a great catch on the opening drive. Two. Well, yeah. I mean, he went up upstairs twice. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On, yeah. on two high fastballs. Specifically, from that specifically that opening drive, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus had had another good grab. So, I I mean. 
that was a an early takeaway for me from the game was receivers. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Hey, let's. Can they have ten receivers out there on the field at, at the same time and just have a quarterback to to get them the ball? I mean, that's that's how deep this Atlanta Falcons receiver group looked to me in the second preseason game. Of course, we know that they got Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Calvin Ridley, but I mean, they legitimately look like they've got six, seven, eight guys on this roster who can make plays, and we saw that out there in in the second preseason game. And Russell Gage continues to have a really good preseason game. Guys like Christian Blake and Devin Gray continue to be pretty reliable in their second year. So that was that was an early takeaway uh, for me against the. To, uh, to the, be fair on the receivers, yes, and mm-hmm. they it's going to be really hard for those one or two or three of those guys. Oh yeah, to even make this it's team. It's going to be really tough, but um, they are all deserving in my opinion. And there have been, a, like you said, a few standouts. Mm-hmm. Um, the re- leading receiver was Khalil Lewis, uh, two <laughs> catches for forty three yards. You know what? It's it's good to see these guys make the best of their opportunity, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if a few of them end up, if if they're not here and, and not everybody can be because the reality is you've squad. got three really, really good guys who aren't even playing that much in the preseason, and they've got a roster spot locked up. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them resurface somewhere else in the NFL if they're not, like you said, on the practice squad here. Yeah, um, I agree, and... Um, one guy who had a nice catch was Kenyon Barner out of the backfield. He did. Um, before we uh, close the book on the Dolphins game, let's make sure we talk about the special teams and running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to flip it right now to something I don't feel super, super great about, oh, which is that? the secondary. Yep. Um, again, I'm trying to keep this all in perspective because it is preseason. However – Let's talk a little bit about the secondary. We did see Isaiah Oliver out there, one of the guys that you wanted to see mm-hmm. a week ago. Um, I actually talked to him, um, you know, this week after the game. Um, he had a he had a PI call on him. You know, he wasn't out there a lot. He did. And yeah. I asked him about it. He said it was a good call. He said he was in position. He just his hands were high on the guy and. You know, he said he talked to Coach about it. He talked talk to the ref about it. But, you know, looking back at it, he said, you know, it, it was a good call. Uh, he wished he had played more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, as the secondary as a whole, Will, um, just there were some penalties. There were some There were some, some penalties. Some, some misplays there. Preston Williams had the game of his, his life. The <laughs> Dolphins rookie receiver made a couple of fantastic grabs against yeah. pretty good coverage. Um, but you mentioned uh, th- this is a – position group that's in flux a little bit uh, from years past. Robert Alford is gone. They've got Isaiah, you know, presumably stepping into that that starting role behind him. And then they drafted two rookies in Kendall Sheffield and Jordan Miller. And so this is a little bit of a boomer bust type of group where if everything coalesces and everything gels, then we're not going to be too worried about it because I think the talent is there. Matt Ryan said today, Isaiah Oliver looks like a different player that there's a confidence there's a swagger we just need to see him carry that onto the field and one play is a very small sample size if, if we're going to sit here and say you know he had that pi if he was out there for one or two series there's not a ton of chances for him to make up for that kind of error so i think that's probably where he was getting at with he wish he'd played a little bit more to get into a rhythm and work himself into a lather a little bit but yeah i asked about that you know just not about the game so much but just mm-hmm. about playing with more confidence this year um 
because he he is the starter. Um, yeah. And DQ and Nainam the, the starter in the off season. And I and I said, how's it going? And um, because what we've seen in practice is a guy who he looks good is playing much more confidently and and uh, seems to be comfortable on the field. He's making plays in practice. Uh, Matt Ryan said he's, he's it's a guy he's had an eye on and he's noticed it. And Isaiah frankly said that, you know, I asked about the difference between last year and this year just with the defense. And he said that with Dan Quinn, it's a lot – there's a lot more details. Dan pays attention to the little things a lot more. And um, he said that once – and I said, well, geez, if you've got more things to think about, more details, doesn't that kind of slow you down? He said – Initially, yes, mm-hmm. but then this light, once you get it, the yeah. light goes on, he said, and it becomes, for lack of a better word, instinctive. Yeah. And he said that's how he's playing, and that's been the biggest difference with him outside of working on his footwork and those kind of things and technique. He said he just knows where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he said there are he didn't want to you know give away the secret sauce, Will, but he said that you know, they're going to be doing some things differently up front. And, and that's going to affect, you know, how he lines up, how far he lines up off a guy, he said. Because um, I said, hey, is that your call to line up four yards or close to the line of scrimmage? And yeah, be he press said, or off he coverage. Said, yeah, mm-hmm. he said he wants to be a little bit more aggressive. And I said – And he's got the size to do that. He's got the long reach. And, you know, I asked him who he models himself after. He said Richard Sherman and Gilmore Oof. up – Yeah, and Gilmore up in New England. That's good to hear. Yeah, he, those are two guys he studies a lot. And he said that – he wants to be more aggressive. He feels like he can be. So that's his comfort level. When he's able to be aggressive, absolutely. That's where that's in his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. In in, in naturally, when the the call on defense dictates it, where he needs to be off the ball more, depending on mm-hmm. what they're doing up front, he will be. He will be four or five yards back. But in general, he, he wants feels to be up in their grill. He's in a better place. Yeah. So that was really good to hear. And, and you know, I love it when guys are accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and he said, look at. My hands were up high, you know. It was it was, it was just a bad it's, play. It, yeah, me. it's yeah. it's something you hear a lot. And and Dan Quinn mentioned this. Uh, I believe it was Kendall Sheffield that he was actually talking about. But this applies to Isaiah Oliver as well. Is just trust your training. You're in position. Yeah. Don't panic when the ball is in the air and make a mistake that's going to ultimately negate right what the good position that you're in. And and that's that was the case with Kendall Sheffield at one point in the game, but it makes sense with Isaiah Oliver as well as you're there, you're in position, don't grab him. <laughs> yeah, and so many times when you talk about DBs, it's like you have to forget. If yep. you give up a play, you've got to just forget mm-hmm. that it happened and line up and, and play because if you're thinking, you're going to get burned burn again. You're going to make another mistake. Yeah. I, I asked him about the young guys, and I know you got a piece coming out about Jordan Miller, and, and mm-hmm. the, but I asked him about some of the young rookies that you brought up, Kendall Sheffield. Because he, he was there a year ago, and he said, look, you know, between myself, True, Keanu, mm-hmm. and Ricardo, we are bringing those guys under our wings, and we are trying to get them to up to speed as fast as we can. They're going to rely and on them. Yeah. And, and, and relay everything. It's a young group for yeah. the most part. Uh, but he, he said, I am trying to just take everything that I learned last year and help those guys, yeah. which was really good to hear too. So – I don't think we need to panic too, too much. However, you know, it's, the, it's a position it, to watch. Yeah. Yes. It, it's just, it's just the timing of some of those penalties and the pre-snap penalties. That's what's most concerning. Cause they've given up 
12 penalties in the first two games and 97 and 98 yards the, in each game. The penalties are, are concerning more so, I think, the on the offense. Yeah, that that's yeah. definitely the pre-snap penalties. But let's uh, transition a little bit. And somebody who you know was making a lot of plays out there on the field, and I know this is a guy that you've really liked uh, watching this preseason, is linebacker oh Jermaine God. Grace. Oh, God. Grace, for two games in a row, is – Making plays. I mean, he had the big pick against Miami. That was it was so smooth. He came in out of nowhere. It was great. Yeah, and we asked DQ about him today, and you know, one thing I didn't realize is that how fast he is. He's not the biggest guy, nope. But he is one of the fastest guys on defense. That seems to be a, a common theme among the uh, Atlanta Falcons linebackers. Yeah, and so that you know, I don't know if you saw my face when DQ said that, but my eyes lit up because I'm thinking, hey, is this guy? Is this guy in play? I mean, he has to be in the conversation to make the final 53. He's a big contributor on special teams and as well, which I that's think helps. Huge. Mm -hmm. And so I asked you about that, too, about special teams and making those decisions. He says it's huge. But back to Grace. Yeah. Um, I think he had uh, – let me look it up here. But I, I know he had the I pick. I believe he led the team with five tackles. Yeah. Uh, Larkin and Delshawn, your guy, um, and Jermaine Grace and Ryan Neal. Uh, all had five tackles, um, but the big play was the pick. Yeah. If you um, make a play like that, that, that stands out. That's You are making a strong argument to be a part of the 53-man roster. Yeah, when, one guy uh, who didn't make a pick, um, who dropped it. Jordan Miller. Well, in, in Hamp Cheevers, too. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was end up being released. Um, yeah. That was tough. Yeah. So – but, yeah, no, Jermaine Grace, I think, is another guy that we continue to talk about. You know, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if after the Jets game we're still talking about this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a – you know, even in the mailbag from readers, I'm getting more and more questions about Jermaine Grace and is he going to crack this lineup. Yep. Special teams is going to be the way in which he does, Will. One other thing we want to talk about is what the, the running back battle too, right? Because yeah, I mean, I, I think that's – that is – in my opinion right now, shaping up to be the storyline of, of this preseason for mm -hmm. the Falcons. It, it seems as though this is the group where everybody's just playing well. I mean, it's, it's so rare and I think, a, a battle where you've got this many guys and, and there are three uh, – Ito Smith and Devontae Freeman are, are locks. They're, they're here. They're good to go. But Ito's, Ito's played well in this preseason, so that's encouraging to see. He had a short yardage touchdown run. Brian Hill and Quadri Allison – are legitimately going at it, and they're both playing really well. I mean, it's it's fun to see. And then we mentioned Kenyon Barner making that play. Just the way that all of these guys seem to be stepping their game up and fighting to earn this job is just impressive. Quadri Allison seemed like he wasn't making a huge uh, or having a great game, but then he busts out with a really impressive touchdown run in the fourth quarter. Brian Hill keeps running really hard. He had a short yardage touchdown. Kenyon Barner took that screen pass, almost got in just short at the one-yard line. So this is the really interesting battle that I'm very, very focused on. So what I think are your we all, I think we all are, yeah. and uh, the one yeah, – Look, I don't need to hide, you know, my excitement with Brian Hill. Since he got here, I was kind of like, hey, this is a guy that could be a real – when they drafted him, I thought he was going to be a change of pace guy. I thought, you know, because he's different – he's a different kind of uh, uh, runner, a different size from Tevin Coleman and, and Devontae Freeman and even Teron Ward. And so it just – the light didn't go on. We talk about the light going on for certain guys. It didn't go on for him. 
until, you know, after he was put on the practice squad, after he, he was picked up by Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and then he came back, and Dan Quinn said, he's a different guy now. Mm-hmm. And you look at him, and it's almost like he is a completely different back. He looks – I know we said it last week, but he's – he looks leaner. He looks faster. He's catching the ball. Matt Ryan, you know, gushed again today over, you know, his ability to – catch the ball and that is the one we said the one club that he was missing mm-hmm. in the bag and, and he's it's doing that in two straight games he scored touchdowns yep. and he you know it's he is in the conversation I mean, he's making it tough on the coaches which is a good thing on how many they are going to keep because they kept three running backs and a fullback last year and right now you know i'm sitting here trying to do these roster production projections by position and the first one's going to come out friday and the first one is running back. And as you alluded to, Will, there's a lot of different factors that come into play here. Yeah. I mean, you got two big backs in Allison and Hill who are six foot plus. Then you've got Ito, who's done enough, did enough last year. Um, and his, you know, he had a much better preseason game against Miami than he did in the opener. But, and then. He's, he's looked good. Ito he, has done nothing. Both Ito and, and, yeah. and Hill looked good in picking up. Uh, blitzes and blocking but i think it's going to come down to a numbers game and and Kenyon barner is a running back he had that one catch for 37 yards to set up a score but catching the ball is something the falcons running backs have to do we talk about the the short yardage ability has been a big thing this offseason but you have to catch the football in today's nfl you just can't afford to have a, a running back who's not that versatile on your roster and so for hill to really bring that part of his game, you know, up to speed is big for him. And, and he's, like we said, it's been impressive. I, tr- I pushed Dan Quinn today and asked him, I said, are you going to keep four? Are you going to keep five? And he didn't really answer that, but I brought up Barner and the fact mm-hmm. that he's a special teams contributor. Yep. And Dan said, look, I see him first as a specialist. Which, yeah, that's that's very notable because it, you could look at this, and, and it's a really similar to the receiver thing that I was saying is, all of these guys probably deserve to be on an NFL roster, whether it's here or somewhere else. That's unusual to have. There's a lot of times during training camp and during the preseason where you're just like, that is not an NFL player. You're watching these guys out there. There's 90 guys on every team. There's yeah. a lot of guys who you just look at and you're like, you're, you're, you're a good football player. You're not an NFL player. Yeah. All these guys are NFL players. And so it's going to be tough to choose, but – this is a good problem to have at this point. Well, when it comes to the return game right now, Barner is the leader in the clubhouse, and he's got a couple things going in his, his, his favor right now. First, he's got a body of work. You talk about being an NFL player. Mm-hmm. He's got game experience. They know when the lights are on how he's going to perform. He's got the tape, mm-hmm. which is more than Marcus Green has right now. The other part of it is, is that Dan Quinn said that they chart every single – catch every punt every kick and they move guys around and they roll things at them and they they try to make it a little bit difficult on it and he said that barner is consistently the you know he's he's playing well and he's one of the better guys and that's a testament to the experience you just mentioned he's been there he's done that and so in 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 also Marcus Green had the fumble in the first game. Mm-hmm. And so it's the potential that with Marcus Green that you get excited about. You watched him in, in college, but there's a big difference between Louisiana Monroe and the NFL. And right. So that's that's what you're getting at. Yeah. And so we're not look, in a perfect world, Marcus Green plays against the Jets, 
and bounces back and shows off the speed that we see in practice mm-hmm. every day. Uh, shows off the speed that got him drafted in the sixth round out of tiny Louisiana Monroe. And, you know, and he gets himself back into the conversation. And I think the coaches want to see more from him. Hopefully we see it. I hope I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and if, if Marcus Green hypothetically were to run away with this, Will, the return, it makes it would make, you know, the running back situation a little bit clear cut. But right now, Kenyon yeah. Barner is a running back and – there's Allison's a running back and Hill's a running yeah, back. There's and a lot of, backs a lot of running backs right now. Right now so, but it's it's fun to watch. And this is this is we'd rather be talking about this in the preseason yes. than something going wrong. Um, the the fact that you got a lot of guys out here fighting to earn this battle is great. It's exciting to see. We will see the next episode on Thursday. But before we kind of get to the next preseason game, let's touch on briefly. There was a little bit of news this week, yesterday. Um, Eric Saubert. Traded to the Patriots for a conditional pick, uh, Matt. Just I'm glad you brought up tight yeah. ends because I think that is a very interesting position group. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it comes down to numbers. You've got Austin Hooper as your your bona fide starter. You've got Logan Paulson as a blocking tight end. You've got a free agent you signed and Luke Stalker, who is a hybrid type. He's played fullback in the past, but he is a pass blocking tight end. He looks really. He's got great size. And then you have our guy, uh, I say our guy, Eric Sauber, because for he since he's been here, you know, he is a guy that we have gotten excited about in his potential since he's been here, especially in the offseason, in training camps last year. I mean, we jokingly call it Sauber season uh, because of his play in the preseason. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he makes incredible catches, look routine, unfortunately. He's it's no longer doing it in the red and black. Um, yeah, he's got there's and plus there's two other guys on the roster: Alex Gray and Jaden. Uh, Jaden Graham. Graham. Jaden Graham is a very similar player to Eric Saubert, a year younger. Yeah. Um, so the, this move, the the Didn't move is me. interesting because of what the implications are for the 53. Eric was one of the guys on the 53 last year. Yeah. He's no longer here. If you can get a pick from him, that's great. It's a conditional but seventh round yes, reporter. But now it opens up a spot for a guy like Quadri Allison or Brian Hill or, you know, Christian Blake or one of these guys that we're talking about at receiver or running back, or maybe this is where Ricky Ortiz is like some, uh, just another spot where you say, instead of having four tight ends, maybe we go with three tight ends, one of whom can play fullback in Luke Stocker. And now this allows us to go with seven receivers. I asked coach Quinn that question today, trying to see, <laughs> I was hoping that maybe he would give, give me a more, clear-cut answer on it and it's too early in fairness but i asked him that same question will is if because of stalker's versatility does that affect the numbers as far as what you do with a fullback because he can play that and his response was yeah you know when you're putting together the 46-man roster guys that are actually depending on week to week Mm -hmm. what you need the guys who are available on game day yeah Mm -hmm. it you know it does play into it and so does you know the 53 too so Again, it's going to be really interesting. That's why these guys need to perform, and every time they get an op, they have to make the best of it because, look, when you talk about running back, when you talk about tight end, when you talk about special teams, even guys and even linebackers and, and guys like Jermaine Grace, which who we talked about, they look at the complete package and how – The positional versatility matters. Yeah, and what you're going to be able to do 
on a game-to-game -game basis and where your contribution is, you know, to get a W on Sundays once the regular season starts. So, yeah, I wish, wish uh, Eric Sauber the best. Um, you know, he was a good guy. He was a great guy. Uh, I was talking to somebody in the community relations uh, department today, and he was a guy that they loved, and he was, he was a, tr a tremendous ambassador uh, for the mm -hmm. Falcons. And I, there's no doubt he's going to do a great job up in New England, and um, I, you know, I wish him the best. Yep. But uh, same here. Yeah. So you know, again, that that was important to touch about. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the the news, and um, well, it's just uh, you know when you talk about these numbers, it's going to be really interesting. The last three games here. Um, God, I can't believe we have three. More preseason games. I know. I but but but, but preseason's fun. <laughs> the, not not for me. I'm not a preseason guy. If no. if anybody out there has invented a time machine, please hit yeah. me up. Reach out to me. I would like to test it out for you and try to fast forward to August eighth. But or what September eighth. <laughs> what we try to do though is like we get to know some of these guys that are here and that that are trying to make an impression. And so many undrafted. You look at the history of the league. How many undrafted free agents? have ended up being, you know, starters and con contributors a lot. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, that's what we're trying to dig and uncover right here and put shine a light on in, in these conversations about training camp. It's all about putting this, building this roster. And um, some of these guys are going to end up being names, and we just don't know who or when. And we're starting to see, you know, the germane graces of the world and, um, you know, the, the, the fascinating stories like Brian Hill. And so, you know, those are all important when you talk about building a championship roster and mm -hmm. hopefully that's what they're doing here. And so in closing, before we talk about the Jets game, I just want to tease a piece, uh, or 10 pieces that I'm going to have on atlantafalcons.com starting Friday. I'm going to be going position group by position group and trying to project the 53-man roster, but and, and just kind of note who I think the locks are, and I, you know, I've been picking your brain on this a little bit, um, and I even that's why I was asking coach some of these questions. Some of the, these are, I mean, I'm having a tough time with this. I can only imagine what the coaches yeah. are going this, through. This year feels harder than in some years past, yeah. and again, that's a good thing. But it also speaks to the level of talent that the Falcons have on the roster, established talent that the Falcons have on the roster. When you've got guys at every position where you can kind of look around and say, we know who the starters are for the most part across the board. I mean, you think back in years past, it's and it's a little bit this way as well, but there have been numerous starter position battles mm -hmm. at, at different spots in the preseason, and there's really only one or two this year. All of the guys that we're talking about are second, third, fourth. Are they going to make the team? Are they not? Do they deserve to? So they're in a good shape it, as long as they can stay healthy and keep these guys around the that's a good thing but the injuries last year certainly have bolstered their depth overall yeah that's you know again it's not about wins and losses however i did point up pull up a uh interesting tidbit um you know the year that they went to the super bowl they were three and one the preseason and uh that's fine that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything <laughs> but you know we're going on 10 games now. Um, Keep everybody healthy, go 0-4 in the preseason. I would rather have everybody healthy and go 0-4 than because go 4-0 and lose a couple starters. L l let's be real here. If we're talking about a preseason game and a starter goes down 
the first the worst word case scenario. that mm-hmm. the first thing out of every single person's mouth is going to be, why were they playing? Mm-hmm. Why were they in there? Instead, now we get, where they're not going to be ready come week one. Is, is that your, not, your impression? That's my impression of, of, a, of Joe a fan. fan. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, but no, I is mean. Is that what you hear every day when you read mailbag questions? That voice in That voice. Head? That's the voice Oof. I get. No, Oof. sometimes I get some good questions. And I, and I, I, think, I think of my own voice. Um, <laughs> I'm the kidding. smart questions. I was going to say your voice your voice, the, well, but I didn't want to. Uh, well, thank you. I didn't want the headphones to pop off your head, but uh, Jets game. Yep, let's get Thursday to it. night Mercedes Benz Stadium, seven thirty kickoff. We're going to see the starters. Well, we're, we know we're going to see Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. I asked Coach about that again. He said it's not the number of series, it's not the time amount of time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's number of plays. Mm-hmm. So you may see Matt on one drive because Coach said, you know what. If that it's was a 10-play drive, yeah. that's enough. Right. If it's a 13-play drive, as I believe they had in if this past game, if then – If it's a three and out, yeah. you might see if it again. If it's a one-play one touchdown, uh, you, Matt Ryan's probably coming out on the second second drive. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, did you do any advanced scouting on the Jets? Uh, no, but interestingly enough, in the mm-hmm. cafeteria, they just have Jets tape rolling on the TVs, but the audio is like – 10 seconds faster than the video mm. so like right at the snap you always hear a ref's whistle because the play basically is actually ending in terms of the audio so every single time i think somebody's false starting or there's a pre-snap penalty and it's the most confusing thing ever so i am so ready for jets week to be over because i need that stuff off the tv but that is my jet scouting report for you this week is that the audio on the televisions in the cafeteria needs to be synced up with the video Back to you, Matt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we going to see our old friend Brian Poole? Maybe, yeah. He, hey, speak of an undrafted player who makes an impact. There right there. Go. There's an example of, of somebody who this is why preseason matters. Get these guys because you never know when somebody's going to have to step in. Well, I am looking forward to this game. Uh, I It would be great to see a W but, uh, and, and, and then win three straight and close out the preseason three and two and, and have a winning uh, record heading into the regular season, a little momentum, but you know what? I'll take a healthy team any day over that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to see out of this game? What are you looking for? I, th- the one thing I want to see is, it, the one thing I mentioned earlier, is the return game. I would love, I don't know how much we're going to see of Marcus Green, but I would love to see uh, some solid returns just in general. Uh, I, either someone run away with that position or I want to see some competition there. Um, obviously I'm, you know, practice to practice week to week, game to game, this Brian Hill, Quadri Allison battle. Um, they don't see it as, you know, a head to head thing, but obviously they want to perform well. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can each, you know, carry the momentum over Mm -hmm. from the first two games, especially with Brian Hill. This feels like a who's going to blink first type of battle. The running back, Mm -hmm. it sure does. And then uh, what else? I want to see just a better overall performance from the defensive secondary. I would love to see a couple picks. Uh, I would love to see Isaiah Oliver Oliver out there making a few plays. Mm -hmm. Um, I really want to see the rookies gain some confidence. I'd Mm -hmm. love to see them make some plays. Um, and then the Jermaine Gray story, is he going to flash again for a third straight game? Um, you know, and you know, there's been a few guys like the John Kaminsky's that have kind of had some moments um, in the offensive line. I don't know. I know that's something that you've had an eye on, too, and the receivers. What, what are you looking for? 
too. Yeah, I I mentioned the offensive line last week, and I was I was pleasantly surprised with uh, their performance. A couple of short yardage touchdowns, which isn't something we saw much last year. So you so know, refreshing. Offensive line, good job last week. You get you get an A in my book this week. I need a. to see a. An, an A, a. an A, a okay. preseason A though, which is like a regular season like B minus. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this week I need to see the team clean up the penalties because that is something where, and again, a lot of the guys who are committing these penalties are younger guys. There's there's a reason you know a lot of these things are going on in the second, third quarter when you've got third string guys in there. But still, it it kills the momentum of of a drive. We saw they converted a a fourth and one and had a penalty back them up and then they were forced to punt so little things like that you mentioned the number of double digits in both games what double clean digit that penalties up. penalties a dozen yeah clean that up in man. 98 and right. 97 yards the, the, there there have been games in the regular season over the past couple of years where they've had penalties have been an issue and there there have been critical penalties that have negated big plays and nothing can really, really impact a game and kill momentum for a team than a penalty on a third and six when you convert that third down and all of a sudden it was a holding or a false start and now you're in third and 16. The ones I can't stand, I think that are the, the most demoralizing, is when you have a team stopped mm-hmm. and you're playing defense and you stop them and then on third down you commit a penalty you keep the drive alive. Dan Quinn said that. He said every single it's penalty so on defense outside of a a pre-snap penalty is a first down. It drives me insane. I mean, at least on offense, you're like, okay, I still get the down back. I got a lot more yardage. But, um, again, I don't know where these voices are coming from. But <laughs> defense drives me nuts yeah. because it's demoralizing. And then when they score, it's awful. Yep. It's just awful. So and clean you, up, feel, you feel for the kid, too. Clean up, clean up the penalties. That's what I want to see this week. Offensive line, you did a good job last week. Now let's let's get these penalties cleaned up. Yeah, running backs. Let's see. Uh, let's see who can emerge. Um, do you think we see Devontae Freeman? I'm gonna say no. After saying yes last week, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna hedge my bet. <laughs> I would love to see him first. I would too. Uh, every we've seen him in practice. He does look sharp. Both Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn have been effusive in their praise of Devontae Freeman. They say he looks explosive. He looks fast. He's making quick cuts. So Falcons fans, he does look like the old free. If he doesn't play in the preseason, that's fine. Get him to week one healthy. But I, I would love to see him out on the field just because I like watching Devontae Freeman play football. I don't necessarily need to see this this week. Mm-hmm. But I want to see, and I speak for Falcons fans all over the world, I want to see before the preseason is over, Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley each register a sack. I think Tax played well. I do too. He hasn't he hasn't gotten to the set, but he he has looked really good out there. There was to me. one play he made where he it looked oh, like he, he had started celebrating. Star. He started celebrating, mm-hmm. and the, the runner was was he still going? I don't know. He was basically bottled was up, down. but Tack yeah. Tack had made the play, and then he was, was excited. He was it so was I was good to see. I gave him a pass he because <laughs> he was excited and he was he was he was hot and he had the passion going. Um, but I just want to see Vic and Tack. Make some big plays. Mm-hmm. Just so, hey, I saw it. I'm good. Let's bring on Minnesota. I don't need to see any more. These boys are flourishing in DQ's defense, which, by the way, everything's very vanilla. It um, is. On purpose. Uh, we get questions all the time about, hey. Yeah. They're not going to show anything. They're not going to show anything, guys. They just stop asking us. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
Good. But yeah, you good? This, I'm good, man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that uh, pod with Gatto and uh, yeah, I am too. Rico next week. First first home game preseason. First home game in Mercedes Benz Stadium. Let's bring it. Awesome. Thank right. you to Casey, our producer. Thank you, Falcons fans, for Case, listening. Yeah, Casey Richardson uh, doing his first solo job producing. So if you cannot hear anything or uh, if the music is screwed up or if the audio levels are terrible, <laughs> email me. I'll give you Casey Richardson's email. I'm kidding. He's doing a great job. Awesome. All right. We'll see you next week. See you week. next week.